are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Friday, December 7th edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia-Gunderson, writer and editor at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, former Blazer beat writer of the Vancouver Columbian, also a current contributor to the Associated Press. And we are back here on a Friday, and it is a little bit cheerier than the last time we talked Portland got what they needed uh, last night against the lowly Phoenix Suns with a 108-86 slump-busting win over Phoenix. For the second game in a row, the Suns managed to only score in single digits as Portland outscored them 34-9 in the first quarter, and that was basically the game. Um the Suns are terrible. I mean, they're even worse than I think anybody thought they would be. It hasn't helped that some of their best players are injured. They played last night's game without both Devin Booker and TJ Warren, who are probably their – well, Booker is their best scorer, and then Warren is their second best scorer. So Portland, following the lead of Damian Lillard, really just put it to the Suns early to put them away – and the game was over pretty, pretty early in this one. Dame led Portland with 25 points, and he watched the whole fourth quarter from the bench. Uh, Peter Sokach from NBC Sports Northwest had a great observation that Dame was actually clipping his nails on the bench during the fourth quarter. So he earned uh, that time of relaxation, I guess, uh, by scoring 15 points in the first quarter and, and just really not ever letting the Suns have hope a couple weeks ago or earlier this week I watched the Suns give themselves a little hope against the Lakers they went up by 17 in the first quarter and they had a lot of energy and and stuff like that and even though the Lakers came back to beat them by I think 20 something points that was a scenario that Portland wanted to avoid and Dame was a big reason why he just kind of grabbed the game by the horns and just dominated and then after Lillard dominated was when things started to get really weird, and that was with Jake Lehman coming in just absolutely on fire. Dame had 15 points in the first quarter, and so did Jake. Jake Lehman had 15 points. First game he's played in, really, in a while, thanks to C.J. McCollum kind of resting in this one with an ankle injury, which made the win a little bit sweeter, given the fact that they were able to give C.J. a night off. But Lehman making a case that he should be in the rotation by making some shots last night, something that Frankly, the guys that have been playing, whether it be Mo Harkless or Evan Turner, have had trouble with lately. Uh, even Seth Curry, who got the start in CJ's place, has had trouble making shots. Layman did that, and that's the kind of thing that they need if he can continue, if he can do that. And obviously, we're not expecting him to get 15 points in a quarter and just completely shoot the lights out like he did last night he was 10 for 13 from the field but he had seven rebounds you know he he was he was kind of active and 
it was more productive than what we've seen from Mo Harkless in weeks and even last night. I mean, Harkless only played 15 minutes. I think they're being very cautious given his knee injury, but maybe this performance from Lehman last night gives Terry Stotts more uh, of a reason to go with Lehman. Obviously, you want to see him be consistent in other aspects of his game. You don't want it to be wholly dependent on shooting, which I think was kind of my problem with watching Lehman in the starting lineup at the beginning of the season was he was really only making an impact when he made shots. Otherwise, he wasn't really doing anything. But Harkless's defense hasn't been necessarily, you know, amazing. They haven't been locking teams down since he came back. Their defense has actually gotten worse. So, you know, maybe maybe it is time to to, to go with Lehman over Mo Harkless. And that's something that obviously the coaching staff's gonna have to decide, but I think Lehman made it a little bit easier last night for Portland to go in that direction if they so choose. Not necessarily maybe taking Harkless out of the starting lineup, which Harkless told us in the media uh, during the Clippers game when he got his first start that he felt more comfortable and he told Terry Stotts that he wanted to be in the starting lineup. But at this point, you know, Portland can't really take personal preferences into account and Harkless has got to earn his way back on the court the same way he did last year towards the, you know, in the second half of the season when he looked like a much better player. And this is kind of the inconsistency with him. And it's always been like this. And so Lehman, uh, making a case for more playing time last night that for, that first quarter was just comical portland shot 67% or 66.7% basically 67% they hit two thirds of their shots in the first quarter while the suns were 4 of 20 from the field and that 86 point performance by the suns really didn't do a whole lot to elevate the team's defensive rating they're still ranked 18th in the league in defense after starting the season in the top 5 early on and portland with the win improves to 14 and 11 which is really encouraging it's better than you know better than being 13 and 12 or whatever they would have been had they lost that game but they and I they stopped the bleeding I suppose but there's still a pretty significant gap between themselves now and the six the six through uh, three seeds, I suppose, uh, with Memphis, the Lakers, and Golden State all only having nine losses. And then you look up, the Clippers are in third place right now at 16 and 8. They keep winning. Oklahoma City, uh, after a really rough start to the season, has, has played excellent basketball, especially on the defensive end. And then Denver at 17 and 7 is in first place, and Portland's about four games behind them. So Portland gets a win. Not that impressive, given that it was Phoenix, but it was nice for them to get a night off for C.J. McCollum and also get a, get a nice game from Jake Lehman. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more Lockdown Blazers. We're going to talk about one of the guys on the Blazers bench that I think has been – he was the most intriguing player for me before the season, and I think he's even more so now. So we're going to be right back with more Locked On Blazers. Welcome back to the show, and before we get to more Locked On Blazers, we want to give a quick message from our sponsor for today's podcast, Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing heat on demand at the touch of a button. With winter here, you know... 
it's not all you know you're not going to be comfortable going outside and action heats clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver delivering heat via heating panels kind of like a seated a heated car seat so anywhere you go you can be warm it has a five volt lithium ion battery that charges up to 12 hours on each charge and you can recharge them just like your phone or any other thing that you use perfect for any holiday gift, especially if you you have someone in your life. I'm not one of these people, but if you have someone in your life that loves skiing or snowboarding and loves going on hikes or just someone that maybe just hates being cold, maybe they don't have a great heating or something in their building, you want to give them something nice uh, to, to keep them warm in the winter months. And you can get jackets, socks, gloves, all this stuff. It's available in men's and women's. It will make winter more enjoyable. But the best thing about Action Heat is that you, my listeners, get a discount when you go to actionheat.com slash locked on. You get 20% off your entire order. That's actionheat.com slash locked on, or you'll use coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20%. Action Heat will keep you warm and toasty, and we really appreciate them for sponsoring this edition of Locked On Blazers. So now, Seth Curry was a guy that I, I really hyped uh, in, the, in, the, in the lead up to this season. He was my favorite uh, pickup of the season uh, or, or of the summer. Not that there were a lot to choose from, but he was easily my favorite. When, when they got Seth Curry, I remember my first reaction was Portland could be like a poor man's you know, or at least a you know an imitation brand Houston Rockets, where you got a bunch of guys that can shoot the three, space the court, and it'll turn your defense, you know, inside out because you're so worried about the threats from the outside all over the court. And that's what I thought Portland was getting when they got Seth Curry. And obviously, I underestimated how long it would take him to get back into form and. He got his first start of the season last night in CJ's stead, finished with only three points on one of six shooting, and individually he just really has had no semblance of rhythm whatsoever. He shot the three well. Teams still are – the important thing is that opposing teams still respect him. They'll still close out on him like he's Seth Curry of old. And he, his three-point percentage is really good. He's shooting 44% from three. It's just all the other shots inside the arc that have been really bad, and obviously he he's – He's working through that right now. Another part of it could be that as a guy who's been a ball handler, a guy that has you know usually had the ball in his hands, Portland runs the offense through Evan Turner when he's usually on the court. And the problem there goes is, you know, what what else can they really do? Other than that, to make Turner useful, because Turner's not going to be a floor spacer. He's really a guy that is going to create open looks for other guys, and and that is the best case scenario for using Turner. And it, it has worked at times. He's been in a little bit of a slump, and I think teams are also trying to target him more and kind of disrupt him more and disrupt the flow that the Blazers had earlier in the season. But the good news about Seth Curry, and this goes back to the respect that other teams have of him is that while his numbers are bad individually, Portland has outscored their opponents by 12.5 points per 100 possessions when Curry is on the court. And when Curry sits, Portland's been outscored by three points by their opponents per 100 possessions. So um, I don't know if we'll see a huge jump in minutes from Seth Curry, but 
maybe this is another this is a thing that will happen more often and we've seen it a little bit especially when Portland has struggled and they're and they're trying to come back they go with Seth Curry, Dame and CJ out there kind of like the Shabazz lineup and and people within the Blazers i mean they they believed that that was just going to be a much better version of what they had last year and so far it, you know it has kind of worked that way, but Curry still hasn't really – he hasn't started to get going as of late. And I think that is is – I guess, you know, it's a – it's a positive because he's, he's never really been this bad. You look at his stats, his two-point shots over the course of his career, he's never shot worse than 46% on two-point shots when he's played a full season. And so far this season, he's shooting 28% on two-point shots. So uh, that is the biggest culprit right now. Those are those dribble pull-ups when guys close out on him. Those those shots are just not going for him right now. And you look at his individual stats on synergy. His his per possession numbers are really bad. He's actually skewing scoring fewer points per possession individually than Mo Harkless, which is really bad so far this season. And the Curry has also struggled in the pick and roll, even when he's had opportunities. He he he's ranked worse on the Blazers than anybody else not named Wade Baldwin in the pick and roll when it comes to scoring out of those situations. And even his spot up shooting, as I have mentioned that he's uh, shooting 44% from three when he has a spot up opportunity, which synergy counts those as not just jumpers, but when you have a spot up shot and someone closes out on you and you make a move after that, his shooting ranks average in synergy, which is not the type of standard that he set in his career. And it's still, you know, we're still pretty early in the season. And I think Portland has to give this time because I think his ability, his ceiling is a little bit higher, at least this season than the rest of the guys on the bench. I know that Anthony Simons is pretty intriguing. He's looked good and comfortable when he's out there, but I just don't think he's ready yet to contribute at a high level. And I think Curry has shown that he can do that in seasons past. So I think Portland really just has to stick with it. I thought it was interesting that they got they got him to start last night, even if he didn't get going. But if he can start hitting those, taking advantage of those spot-up opportunities when it's not just a wide-open three, that is going to take this team to another level offensively. And they really are going to need that right now with the way they've been playing defensively. Their defensive struggles have really been bad, and it's not to say that they can't improve there because they definitely can, but if they get more from Seth Curry, I think it would really help offset some of their defensive struggles. And so uh, to me, outside of you know the starting lineup and all that stuff, and there's been maddening inconsistencies from Harkless and and we even, you know, I've even complained about Jake Lehman. I think Seth Curry still remains the most intriguing player because we still don't really know how great he can be for this Blazers team because we just haven't seen it yet because he's just had such a tough time. So um, I think it's in Portland's best interest to continue giving him a chance, continue playing him maybe in those Damon CJ lineups, and 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 see see what else there is in there because uh, I think. If he starts making shots inside the paint, inside the arc, 
that's going to take the offense to another level. It's going to take that second unit to another level. I just think there's a lot of things happening. But the good news is that Portland has been playing well when Curry is on the court anyway. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about Saturday night's matchup for the Portland Trailblazers against the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we're back here for our final segment on Locked on Blazers. A preview of tomorrow night's game for the Blazers against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have really bounced back in a way that I don't think even I expected or anybody expected after they traded Jimmy Butler. I thought they'd maybe have a bump for a few weeks and it'd be good, and then and you know and then they'd just kind of fall back to normal. But uh, this Minnesota team is hungry; they want to win. The guys that they that they got from Philadelphia probably eager to prove themselves after being kind of cast off. Uh, And so Utah, or not Utah, excuse me, Minnesota has played just really complete basketball as of late. They're playing excellent defense. They are stopping teams. Carl Anthony Towns looks engaged on the defensive end. Robert Covington has really been a big help for them uh, from everything that I've seen and read about Minnesota, you know, communicating better how to play better defense with Carl Anthony Towns instead of just telling them that he's uh you know that he's lazy and a, and a and a stat guy and just just cares about getting his and not really winning and Towns is is proving that right now that he's that he can be better than that guy and then you tie that into the fact that he's an incredible offensive player has it from all aspects of the game an excellent passer great handles a great shooter for his size i mean that is is priority number one for portland is trying to slow down carl anthony towns and get some quality buckets against a defense that has really played really solid basketball as of late so Towns is, is the number one priority for Portland, but I think there's really only so much you can do to stop him. In the last matchup, Portland actually did a good job on Towns and still lost. So it's not to say that stopping Towns is going to you know be just automatically get Portland to win. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, who has been mired in a shooting slump as of late, killed the Blazers the last time out with some big three-pointers. And then Derrick Rose outplayed the entire bench for the Blazers almost single-handedly and he's been shooting really well from three much way higher than his career numbers in the past he's shooting 40 almost 48 percent from three which is uh it's a pretty remarkable turnaround uh, compared to where he was and especially when you know I think most people thought he was done as a productive NBA player uh but those are the things that you got to watch out for for Portland. Portland's bench has to bring it. Uh, it kind of ties into the Seth Curry thing that I talked about, and it, it would be great for them if they can get that. Also, Portland didn't have Seth Curry in that last game. He was injured, so perhaps having him back will help Portland in their matchup against Minnesota. Minnesota's at 13-12 and 12 right now, and they're charging. They're charging up the standings. They're, they're not far behind Portland. If they win that game, they're going to have the same record as the Blazers. So uh, this is a big game. So uh, Portland facing off against the Minnesota Timberwolves, a, a, again, a rejuvenated, revamped Minnesota Timberwolves team. So uh, a big game at home before Portland gets back on the road again. So watch out for that. It's a 7 p.m. game here in Portland at the Moda Center. 
against the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, a really strong team, just like the all, all the teams in the West pretty much, except for the one that we saw last night in the Phoenix Suns. So uh, that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Blazers. Leave us a review. Reach out to me on Twitter, whatever, uh, and have a great weekend. Stay dry. The rain's supposed to be coming this weekend. So uh, we will be in touch later on. Until next time.